You want to be hardcore. You want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk podcast. I can rim like a motherfucker. You already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream pied Albano. I've been drunk. I've never been cum drunk. Woo! What's up, drunk marks, drunk marquettes? Welcome to 205 Jive. I'm Adam. I'm your designated host. They are the drunk wrestling historians. This is Eddie. Let us drink till thine asses are drunk. And this is Scott. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always drink. Welcome everyone to our show. We hope uh, you have a great uh, time uh, with uh, what we have prepared for you. As a quick reminder, head over to whatamaneuver.net so you can get those Drunk Wrestling History t-shirts, tank tops, uh, sweatshirts, onesies for the Drunk Mark minis that you have. Great... uh, Great variety and great quality on soft material, uh, on-demand uh, printing, whatamaneuver.net. Uh, this is a 205 Jive, so they have drinks, I got drinks, let's jump into it. This starts in the year of our Lord, 1991. The debacle that uh, took place and how the wrestling world was set ablaze when Ric Flair brought the NWA title to the WWF. So do you want to get started on this, Scott, with some background? Uh, Yeah, so what I've read is that in 1985, the rule up to that point was if you became the NWA heavyweight champion, you basically had to give the company 25 grand, which protected the company from having to worry about a wrestler showing up on someone else's TV show with their world title. It was almost leasing the title, right? You'd give them 25 grand. When you drop the strap, you got your 25 grand plus some interest back. Yeah, um, I have a bit of context to add to that. Um, it was not actually, I was sort of under the, I was always under the impression that was for the physical title itself. I thought that because of this whole episode here um, with Flair but it was actually more about making the champion do what you want him to do. You know what I mean? Like they could get another belt if they needed to. And the belt may or may not have been worth $25,000. Now I heard that this belt Crockett paid 35 or 38,000 for it. So the deposit wasn't even that amount. It was so that you didn't have a, um, like a, uh, like a Bret Hart uh, incident where the dude refuses to drop the title. That's what it was originally all about. And it goes way back, way back decades previous to this, because back in the day, um, guys were double crossing each other left and right. I think I mentioned before, do you remember if I mentioned this about um, the, on the Montreal episode about a, 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 a screw job in the thirties? I think so. Yes. Yeah. So the gist of that was Strangler Lewis wrestled a guy called um, uh, Henry de Glane. It was this actually in Montreal with the makeup, I, uh, with the makeup disguised uh, bite mark. It wasn't a makeup disguise. Well, he might have had makeup on it when he went. And yeah, basically, that he concept. claimed he claimed during the match that Strangler Lewis bit him. 
Um, but it turned out that he had bitten himself or had someone bite him before the match. And he got him in a headlock, told the referee he got bit. Strangler got disqualified. He became champion. And that was a double cross. So the, there, if, there's a book called The Fall Guys, and it has a million examples of that. So that was why this situation was put in place where you had to put up that deposit so that you wouldn't pull some shit like that. So that's sort of the background on, on that whole thing. Okay, I had also read that Flair actually had this belt made, the big gold belt. He had actually had it made in lieu of paying the $25,000 fee. I've never heard that, and I've heard Flair specifically say that he paid the fee, and um, that's why he didn't give it back, because he was owned, he was owned hmm. the 25000 plus interest. And I definitely heard, um, I heard Cornette talked about it a while back, and he, that was where I heard the thirty-five dollars or $38,000 amount. He said Crockett paid that. That's what Crockett paid to have it made. Oh, interesting. Okay, so Crockett yeah. did. So I, it was on, was it Bleacher Report? One of the websites I was looking at when I was doing some research for this. Was, was, they, it, on the, was it on the Observer? <laughs> it might have been Meltzer said it. Um, th- yeah, I had read that Flair actually did get this belt made instead of paying the twenty five grand. So that was one of the reasons that he viewed it basically, <coughs> excuse me, as he viewed it as basically his property to kind of do with as he pleased. Okay, yeah, no, that's not what I heard. Interesting, because that's definitely a different uh, one than the NWA belt. What? Like, the wasn't that, uh, was it that uh, square belt, the NWA yes. title belt before the big gold one came? Yes, yes. and Flair yeah. won that. And so instead of paying the 25 grand, that's what I read, instead so, of paying the 25 grand to get that NWA belt, he just had a new one made, and it, he footed the bill for it, and it was more than twenty-five grand. Like in general, Austin wins a WWF title, and he makes himself a skull belt. Yes, okay, exactly. Okay. It would have just been out sure. of WWE's hands to make it. Like Austin would have had it commissioned; he would have paid for it out of pocket, and that's yeah, what I had but, read that Flair did. Yeah, but Austin didn't actually legit pay for that. The company would have paid for that. Well, no, no, no. He Adam meant more as like this is the same kind of thing. Like had Austin okay, okay. been back then, yeah, he would have okay. like a skull. Yeah, belt no, made. I think what you read is incorrect. I believe that it was Crockett that had the belt made. Okay, and just and I think I also read that Flair didn't win the big gold belt. He already was champion. And they just changed the belt. Really? While while yeah, during a reign they changed it. it. It's first time I read about it earlier today. The first time it was shown on TV was on a, a championship wrestling from Florida match, um, and I think he defended it against uh, Barry Windham. Oh, okay. I, I see. Think I remember 80, Dusty had I, won the title at one point. It was the big gold belt. And that was around 85, but it could have been 86. Yeah. Yeah. It was around there. I think it was 85 when, when Flair, Dusty might've won it from Flair. Okay. And I think, and I think, but I think Flair, I think the title, the belt itself changed while Flair had it. Like it okay, wasn't like I when, see. when it wasn't like when Macho Man won the new belt, you know? Um, so anyway, yeah. Um, I will let you handle the, um, backstage shenanigans with why Flair left the company because you're more more knowledgeable about that than I am yeah well we actually had an episode about it we talked about Hurd's biggest fuck ups that was an entire episode (laughs) and this is one of those things so uh, there was a whole thing when Flair's contract came up which (laughs) in typical WCW fashion they book Flair as their champion even though his contract is coming up why would you, you had a, a pretty good sized roster? You had fucking Sting on your roster. Mm-hmm. Flair's contract is coming up. He's your champion. Instead of having him drop the belt while he's under contract, they start to get all kind of sideways with him. And they're like, okay, we're going to have you drop the belt to Luger 
And I guess they had promised the belt, they being Heard and Flair had promised the belt to Sting. And then all of a sudden it became, you're going to drop the belt to Luger. And Flair's like, well, wait a second. You said I was going to drop it to Sting. I promised him. And they're like, we don't give a fuck what we promised Sting. You're going to drop it to Luger, blah, blah, blah. They wanted to change Flair's character. They wanted to do that whole Spartacus thing and cut his hair, have him wear an earring. It was all bizarre. So finally, they fired Flair. He's their champion. They fired him two weeks before Great American Bash 91, which is in July. The match was <laughs> the match was supposed to be Flair and Luger, which they're telling Flair, you're going to drop the strap to Luger. Mm-hmm. Flair wanted nothing to do with that. Then he offered to drop it to Wyndham instead. And they're like, no, 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 it's not, it's not going to be Barry Wyndham. It's going to be Luger. Well, the match ended up turning into uh, Wyndham and Luger for the title. Hadn't Flair already like promised Sting he was going to drop it to him? That's correct. Yeah, yeah, Flair and WCW slash Jim Hurd had promised Sting, you're the next guy. And then Hurd gets a fucking hair up his ass and is like, no. Yeah, he's like, dude, did you see Luger's pecs? We're going to put the title on that guy. <laughs> mm. So it, it got all sideways, and Flair wanted nothing to do with it. And so he tells them, you know, let me out of my contract. And basically they fired him. And they're like, okay, we need the belt back, by the way. Uh, we realize you're our heavyweight champion. We've got a pay-per-view in two weeks that we're going to put the belt on somebody else. Uh, we need our title back. And Flair's like, fuck you. Pay me my 25 grand plus interest. Yeah. Fuck and they're you, like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And he's like, well, we're going to send Doug Dillinger to get the belt. So Doug Dillinger, who's the head of security, shows up at Flair's house. And he's like, fuck you, Doug. Like, I'm not giving you the belt. And they basically left without it. So, in a nutshell, what has happened is now WCW has fired their heavyweight champion. They don't have a heavyweight title for their pay-per-view in two weeks. And Flair is jumping ship to the WWF. Yeah. And this is all because Hurd's a fucking idiot. Because he's a fucking (laughs) moron. I mean, that's kind of the gist of it. Like, how do you fuck up keeping Flair? And then, what do you think he's going to do with that fucking belt? You think he's going to retire and just never show up anywhere with that thing? (laughs) Right. And, I mean, there was definitely a time... When I guess you could do that because, say, like, early on, it was almost all NWA territory. So you can't go to another territory pretending to be champion with that belt because you actually are. You know, if you were, if you worked for Crockett, you got pissed and you split and you went to work for Muchnick, they're both NWA territories anyway. Right. This is a time where the biggest company in the world is not an NWA affiliated company. And, like, of course he's going to fucking go there with it. You know, like, he's just a... I don't know what was wrong with Hurd. He was a moron, and I think he was like a, uh, it was like on a power trip. Because like how? Like, yes. What kind of decision is that? Okay, fine. You you don't like the booking and whatever. You're going to let him leave. But why would you ever just be like, no, I'm not going to pay you the money I owe you. Like Flair had all the power in that situation. It's like, hey, Pizza Hut guy, you're not firing the fucking guy throwing <laughs> cheese and sausage on dough. You're <laughs> you're firing Rick fucking Flair, and he's your heavyweight champion. Like, wake up, dude. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. So Flair immediately signs with Vince. And he calls, he, he tells Vince, I think he, before like this title situation was even sorted out, he signed with Vince, like boom, immediately. He had a WWF contract, yes. Yeah, like like within a couple days. Yeah. And then he calls Vince back later when, I think it might have been after the security guy issue. Um, And he calls Vince, he's like, hey Vince, I've still got the belt. And you know, Vince got a fucking uh, Vince boner when he heard that. Oh, <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's a game changer, right? Like, right. now you're going to bring your competition's heavyweight title onto TV? Right, the gears start turning in Vince's head. You know, totally. he gets together with Patterson by the pool, and they start brainstorming, what are we going to do? And it turns into, we're going to bring him in and call him the real-world champion. One of the most mind-blowing things in wrestling for me ever 
remains that moment when Bobby Heenan introduced Ric Flair on Saturday morning and Flair had the big, not only was it Ric Flair, okay, mm-hmm. who I've been watching wrestling for a long time, like the NWA was Ric Flair for years, like that yeah. was the dude. Mm-hmm. Not only was Flair now on WWF programming on Saturday morning, wow, Ric Flair's here, that's awesome. He fucking has the heavyweight title on his arm. Right, right. That was, it was next level, dude. And I remember watching like, wait, is there a merger here that I don't know about? I, mm-hmm. We didn't have the internet back then, so we weren't right. privy to backstage information. I'm seeing a possible invasion angle here. Like Bobby Heenan is bringing in the competition and he's going to have their heavyweight champion go up against WWF's heavyweight champion because immediately Flair's calling out Hogan. He's calling out Piper. Piper. Like all of the top stars calling out Savage. Anybody anybody and everybody that's a main guy on the roster, Flair's calling him out. All the while claiming himself to be the real world's heavyweight champion with that big gold belt on his arm. Oh my God, dude. In 91, that was mind-blowing. It was crazy, especially given the way that um, WWE kind of presented itself if you only watched wwe you would not you would have no idea there was other wrestling you know what correct yes wwe was its own bubble where like there was never a mention of another company if some you they never mentioned someone's uh past like if someone new came into the company they like dusty came in they never mentioned his past they never mentioned he'd wrestled any harley race too right if you had if you never heard of them before you'd think they were brand new Exactly, um, but those it, were NWA stalwarts as well, and they never mentioned their back their backstory. Right. And when guys left, they did not exist anymore. Right, you would never hear a, a word. And they're to the, they're like that um, mostly now. And there's been times when they weren't like that, but they were d- very uh, serious about that back then. Like there is no other wrestling. Like you know, they show the signature at the beginning of the video or the beginning of Raw now, and it'll have like Trish Stratus or whoever you know yeah. who are who are retired. Back then, if you retired, you didn't exist. You know Dead what I mean? Gone. Like, yep. I didn't even know. I don't even. I probably found out about Bruno through um, some old Coliseum videos because that's the only time you'd ever see old people. But they never talked about Bruno Sammartino on TV when he was gone. No, absolutely so not. So you wouldn't. They presented themselves like they, nothing outside of the company existed, and then suddenly there's this other champion. And correct me if I'm wrong. Bobby Heenan was sort of teasing that someone was coming in, right? Correct. For a few weeks, he yes. was like, "I have someone coming in. He's working for another organization now." Something like that. Being the financial advisor, but he was like, yeah. Yeah, and it was just like, I mean, it like shook the wrestling world. You know, it was was the biggest thing at that. I mean, the biggest thing in our lives anyway, you know? Yeah, it's one of those moments in wrestling. You've got things that stand out that you'll never forget, right? Like Hogan turning heel at Bash Mm -hmm. at the Beach and forming the NWO. But for me, I think number one is Flair showing up on WWF programming with that big gold belt. Now, you brought up a good point, Eddie, that maybe a lot of people didn't know about other wrestling, right? Because it wasn't territories anymore, but if you were a kid watching WWF, you could have been like you, who didn't have access to the other cable, the TBS, to be able to watch Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon shows or to see the Clash of Champions that were on TV. You didn't have access to those. There could have been a lot of people like that who didn't know who Flair was. I'm sure there were. I mean, I had friends who had cable who would watch WCW, so that's how I would see it, or NWA at the time. Yeah. So that's how I was aware of it. And then there were the, you know, the magazines too. Sure. But I'm sure there were people like that who, to them, there only was WWE and they had zero knowledge of anything else. You know, especially if you were younger and, like, if you grew up in an area without a strong territory or your territory was already 
I mean, shit, the San Francisco territory was gone in like 84, 85. Yeah, so, it had been gone by for a while by this yeah, point. Yeah, so if you're a couple years younger than me, you would possibly not have even known that ever existed. Right. Yeah, so yeah, it was really, it was like very, it was like breaking the fourth wall. It really was. You know? It really it was. was. It, it was like um, unleashing the multiverse in the new Spider-Man movie. <laughs> kind of. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yes. Like, like Willem Dafoe comes back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's kind of like that. So it was awesome. So Flair shows up just, uh, like you said, he's calling guys out. He's just acting like a fucking dick. Yeah. Um, and he's just like completely burying the, the WWE world title. And, yes. Um, there was a little bit of legitimacy in its claim to being the real world champion too because in a way because like the NWA had territories around the world right like that NWA title was recognized in um Japan it was um, recognized I in Japan yep I think there was a German territory uh, definitely Australia so I mean kind of it was world, more worldwide than WWE was because the NWA had been around at this point for 40-ish years 40 91, 50 almost years. I remember yeah. seeing something like this. It was like if, if somebody had that belt, they were equally identified as NWA champion and WCW champion. And then there was some issue when there was uh, some guy against Flair. He tossed him in some match. He tossed him over the rope, which was a violation of WCW rules. Mm -hmm. but not NWA. So it was a matter of how do we recognize this champion yeah. with one belt? Yep. Yeah, yeah that which did was, happen, yes. Yeah, and that was kind of mm -hmm. weird that he was the... When 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 um, Turner broke away from the NWA, or, you know, like, we're no longer that, he was still the NWA champion yes. and the WCW champion mm -hmm. with a single belt, which was kind of weird. Yep. And then he lost the NWA title at one point but was still WCW champion, so he still had the belt. He lost to someone in New Japan. I forget who it was. Tenryu it, or something like that? No, it was like dude. A whole... I, I think it was that dude who went in the Hall of Fame um, in 2015 at 31, remember? I think Flair inducted him. Hmm. God, I don't I can't remember his name. I can't think of his name. I should have... You know what? I took really shitty notes on this episode. I'm on I it. Yeah. I'm on I only it. started today. Um, so I'm trying to think like the the episode or the the incident that Adam is talking about. I want to say happened shortly before the split, when Flair jumped ship. Mm -hmm. I want to say that that happened to where the guy beat him in Japan for the title, but then yeah, WCW didn't recognize yeah. it because the top rope. Yeah, but did that happen before or after? I think it was I think before it was Fujinami. This. It might have been Fujinami. Oh, it could have been. Yes, I think it was Fujinami. He lost to Fujinami. They did those WCW slash. New Japan um, shows. He lost to Fuji. I think it was Fujinami. He lost the NWA title to him. Yes. He was still WCW champ, so he still had the belt, and then he ended up winning it back from Fujinami like a month uh, later. Looks, I think it was like at Super Brawl that year. It looks year, like 91. it is that guy from uh, Fujinami. 31. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he's got the belt. He's in. <laughs> he's on TV, and Hurt is just like, I'm still not fucking paying him. Yeah, unbelievable. I, like, you think it'd be like, oh, fuck, he showed up on TV with it. Write him a check. But he's like, nah. He's like, no. And then he ends up taking him to court over Yeah, it. then they went to court. Instead of yeah. just being like, I mean, come on. WCW wasn't in, like, financial straits to where they couldn't afford to give him, like, even a check for, like, 35K. Right? right. Like, hey, let's just settle this. Just give us our belt back and we'll be all good. Well, yeah. It's fucking hard-headed, man. And Herd's an idiot. He is. He really fucking is. He. I mean, he just opened a can of fucking bees that he had no reason to do. <laughs> or a limousine you know I mean? of bees, if you will. A limousine of bees, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a can of worms. You know what I mean? A can of worms isn't actually that dangerous, but a can of bees would fuck you up. Yeah. 
Um, God, all I can think of is that Conan parody segment of Oprah opens the car thing, but it's actually bees. That's that awesome. happened in Jackass too. Yeah, it was Jackass too. I almost pissed my pants last time I watched oh, it. Oh fuck, that's right, in Jackass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. bee yep. limousine. <laughs> yeah, I remember that scene. Um, Never mind. So, at some point, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think the court got involved and told WWE to stop showing it on TV. Yeah, so <laughs> then they started blurring it out. Yeah, but I think Flair still had it for a while. He eventually had to give it back. I didn't know this till I started researching this. When they were blurring it out, it was one of the tag titles. Correct, because there's actually a photo or two running around online that you can see where Flair is actually holding up in the ring a tag team title. Okay. While pretending that it's the big gold belt. Fuck, man, they couldn't just go shit out like a half-assed belt. You know what I mean? That looks something like it, kind of. Yeah, they made this elaborate million-dollar belt, but they can't half-ass a big gold belt? Come on. Yeah, right. Yeah, get the get the uh, get the Halloween Havoc kids to make one. Like, who cares? <laughs> it's in a house show. You know what I mean? If you see it from a distance in a house show, you'd never know the difference anyway. Just throw exactly. some glitter on exactly. it. People yes. in the, yeah, people in Section 208. It's like, man, look at that belt. It's back, baby. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. some mod, mod podge. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. You know what that is now. And I also have two cans of it sitting in front of me. Excellent. Yeah, I don't know what they're for. Chris is doing something with them. Um, a mod podge, not modge. Mod, mod podge, right? yes, I mod knew what you podge. meant. Yeah, I'm re- well, I'm reading it, yeah. So I guess at some point they settled with Flair. They paid him, and the belt went back, and that was that. I would love to know what they spent on lawyer fees. It, it, <laughs> you know that what I mean? would have been a W... I mean, and also, if you're WCW, are you really going to financially compete with the WWF in a court of law? Absolutely not. You don't have that kind of money yet. Turner was not sinking the amount of money into WCW in 1991 that he was sinking into it in, say, like 1997. Right. Yeah. Right. They were not going to compete at that point in court. You're right. What did they spend in lawyer fees and all that bullshit when they could have just paid Flair from the jump A what he wanted? 25K. Yeah, they yeah. dropped 60,000 bucks on court fees to not pay him $30,000 to get the fucking belt back. Well, let's remember when Medusa jumped ship to WCW, she took the title, the women's title, the WWE women's title, mm-hmm. dumped that shit in a trash can. Yeah. That's fucking unprofessional. Yes. I'm not a fan of that moment at all. Yes, Medusa's a badass, but that was unprofessional. Flair is the ultimate professional because he actually built that world title up when he went to WWF programming. Didn't trash it at all when by all rights he could have. Well, and I think that also speaks to the cleverness of the booking in WWE compared to WCW. WCW had that belt and they were like, fuck it, let's just do one dumb thing with it one night. Vince was like, no, we have, this is going to be a long-term program. Yes. It's going to go, well, it ended up going to the Rumble, but I don't know why it ended. I don't know why it only went to the Rumble, not WrestleMania. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Vince was like, no, we'll get some mileage out of this shit. They weren't thinking that way in WCW. Exactly. And we see which one is still standing today, but I think we'd be remiss in all of this. We had an episode on Rumble 92, which Mm -hmm. I think we can all agree is Flair's shining moment from his WWE career. Absolutely. But I think we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss WrestleMania 8. And this has actually come up recently on some different dirt sheets. And they were talking about why Hogan never faced Flair. Because let's be perfectly honest. When Flair showed up in 91 on TV, claiming to be Mm -hmm. the real world's champion with the big gold belt, the first match, the dream match that pops into your head is Hogan and Flair. Your champion versus champion. And this is being brought up right now while Survivor Series is happening. This is your time to clash. 
and really yeah. determine who I mean whether whether it be the WCW title or NWA title versus WWF title who is your actual champion Yep. And I had heard different reasons as to why they didn't go through with that match at WrestleMania 8 because that was the playground to have that match, right? Obviously, yeah. it has to be the Super Bowl of WWF WrestleMania. It has to happen at that event. And actually, and, they had announced that as the, the main event for that card. And they had already had the stadium lined up, you know, and yes. that's a match to sell a stadium. Exactly. Exactly. And it had been announced as the main event. And then they kind of threw a curveball. And as we all know, that got changed to Sid Justice versus Hogan and Flair versus Savage. Yeah. And you're like, well, wait a second. Why? Flair said they did good houses in numerous spots, Mm -hmm. but apparently there was one show. I don't think it was at the Garden. It was some other state they had a show at where Hogan actually got booed and people were cheering Flair. I've heard that too. From Yeah. And I guess they looked at that. They didn't want that happening on a pay-per-view. You can't have Hogan get booed. They were worried that was going to happen. And so they just, they called an audible. And the only people that got to see Hogan versus Flair were the house shows that it took place on. It never took place on a pay-per-view. And uh, man, that's just baffling to me because WrestleMania 8 was in Indiana, correct? Yes. Do you think Indiana was really going to boo Hogan and cheer Flair? Well, I mean, it's 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 a stadium show, so it's a traveling crowd. So it's not just an Indiana crowd. You know what I mean? It's a hardcore crowd. But I think even a hardcore crowd at that point was still made up of a lot of kids who loved Hogan. Pro so, WWF, right? Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. I don't know. Like you said, you're not sure if it was the garden where he got booed. It probably was. Um, you know, that's the kind of place that would boo Hogan. But um, no, I don't think it would. I don't think it would have gotten booed enough to where you'd hear it on TV. I agree. You know? I think that the cheers would have drowned everything else out. Yeah, And to this day, I think that that was a huge miss on WWE's part. That should have been the main event of eight. I do too. And I think that pay-per-view did well. I think it sold. I mean, I'm sure it was nearly sold out if it wasn't sold out. Yeah. I'm sure the pay-per-view number was good. And you had the Flair Macho match, um, which was, and that angle was great too, what they did with Elizabeth and everything. Yeah, and the pictures. And yeah, you're right. It probably didn't miss out on any buys because it, that match didn't take place. But it's just one of those things. It's sort of a thing. Like even just looking back at it, WWE could have that as part of their history. You know, like yes, hundred percent agree. That match. Yeah, even if it didn't, even if it wasn't, a, um, it didn't move the needle because the needle didn't need moving. It still would be one of those kind of things. You know, it'd be just a WrestleMania moment, and you don't really have a WrestleMania moment on that show necessarily. I Hogan agree. And Sid was fine. You know, it was fine. Macho and Flair was great. Um. But, I mean, you don't really look... Like you said, Flair's shining moment was the Rumble. It wasn't WrestleMania. It would have been if he wrestled Hogan. I I totally agree with you because I think yeah. it would have been a fantastic match. And as a wrestling fan, I felt like I was kind of gypped on that. Like, mm-hmm. I should have been given Hogan versus Flair at yeah. WrestleMania 8 because when Flair came in in 91, that was going to be the match in 92. As soon totally. as he showed up on TV, you're like, well, there's your WrestleMania match. It's already booked. Yeah. The August before WrestleMania, we know exactly what the main event's going to be. Totally. And we got that curveball. And man, to this day, I think that is one of the biggest slights as a fan that WWE has thrown my way is that we didn't get Hogan Flair at WrestleMania and we should have. Well, and both guys could... were mostly in their prime, too. Oh, hell yeah. Hogan definitely Easily. was. I mean, I would, I would say Flair totally was, too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we would have sure. gotten both guys in their prime at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. It could have been one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. Flair could have given Hogan his best match. Yeah. And unfortunately, after that, I don't think we got Hogan and Flair again until Bash at the Beach 94. 
Yeah. When Hogan right. beat him for the, uh, coincidentally, the big gold belt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Definitely if there's not an upside, the same calamity to it. If, no, no. If there's an upside to it, it would be that Papa Shango got to do a run-in during a WrestleMania main event. <laughs> True. <laughs> One of the greatest gimmicks of all time, brother. Yeah. Maybe that's the WrestleMania moment from eight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not where it's Shango. <laughs> or it was whatever the Bushwhackers did, probably. <laughs> Were they even there? I, probably. <laughs> So I, I think that kind of covers it. I mean, that's... Oh, no, one more thing I wanted to um, uh, mention. So, I mean, it made perfect sense why they had that deposit on the title, right? So shit like that didn't happen. Then it happened. Why didn't... I don't know what happened in WCW. I know eventually they didn't have that. Um, you would kind of think Vince would have been like, maybe I should start doing that with my guys. Because he didn't. And like you said, Medusa a few years later showed up with the title over there. And then you also had the Brett thing. Like, what if he put... I know Brett Brett wasn't going to lose that match to Sean for $25,000, but say it was $200,000, you know, a yeah. big dollar amount, you know, like that kind of thing. I wonder if that could have changed Montreal if he was looking at losing. Because like I said, it wasn't about the physical belt. It was about you doing you stay, business. You do the work with me. Right? Like, you don't. if you don't lose this match, you don't get back your quarter million dollars. I wonder if that would have changed Brett's mind. You well, know? let's not forget, too, they also screwed up at some point when Jeff Jarrett was Intercontinental Champion. Yes. And they wanted right. him to lose to China, but his contract had run out right before the pay-per-view. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck, guys? Aren't you? <laughs> I mean, who is dropping the ball here? Why don't we have eyes on this? But you're right. I don't think Vince gave a shit about Medusa, honestly, at the end of the day. Right. At that point, he didn't care. It, it, yeah. Fuck the women's title. Who It didn't mean anything to WWF at the time anyway. Yeah. I hate that it was like that, but that's just the way it was. I don't think Vince cared too much, but you're right. There could have been lessons learned from this in 91 that maybe could have prevented what happened in 97 to where Brett wouldn't have had to screw himself. Yeah, and I've never heard of WWE doing a deposit on, on titles. And you right. think even maybe if this didn't make him think that, maybe Rude showing up on both shows the same night would. You know, like maybe, a lot of yeah. things happen, and I'm kind of... I didn't think about it until I started reading about this and I started thinking, I'm really surprised during the during the Monday Night Wars anyway that they didn't do that. You know, you think it would be kind of an obvious thing to do. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You're totally so, right. They yeah. just enjoyed the high that uh, they got from Rick uh, Flair jumping, but didn't think to enforce it. Yeah. They just, they just yeah, exactly. really enjoyed Rick Flair's company. Yeah. Yep. I guess. Well, I think that about covers it. That takes care of... Our, the famous debacle when the NWA title showed up at WWF. What you uh, think of uh, this whole incident? Is there anything that we missed? Please let us know and uh, do the thing. Uh, uh, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review us. And we'll keep this awesome show going. Uh, so on behalf of Eddie and Scott, I'm Adam reminding you to enjoy your buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching, and we'll see you next time uh, along with uh, the company that you egg them over to jump ship and join our show. Be uh, happy to entertain you. One, two, three, jump ship. Dive. <laughs> Helicopter. <laughs>
Cut my throat one note could make 